Welcome to episode 92 of the Switch Mania Playcast. It's D-Day for all of you that have not pre-ordered our Series 2 yet because it is the final day to pre-order them. It's the final countdown. <laughs> do, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are recording on 15 July, so this is the, the final day of the Series 2 pre-order. And those that don't think we're serious will all message JP and try to get them to, can I get a copy? <laughs> or they'll, they'll send emails to, to me and support, and the answer is no. Not until we have any leftovers in, in hand. In and there's no hand. guarantee what we'll have. Exactly. In hand was the key. Because we want to make sure that, you know, everybody that pre-ordered is getting their copies. And, you know those that are in hand that are just the premium are going to be the retail just the normal so it'll be interesting because by the time we post this it'll be even closer to d-day so yeah <laughs> yeah well, uh, you listen to it really quickly <laughs> right when it well, goes I mean, live and, and people see it because we see sales we saw an uptick today in sales so yes it's been been crazy people know and it's it's yeah. been a very very crazy day um i don't know if you followed the news i know you've been busy at work uh mm-hmm. jeff but when we launched our pre-orders on june 15th something happened that day that was pretty big do you remember what happened that day yeah it might have been a little nintendo thing yeah nintendo nintendo decided to say you know what we want to take the premium edition day well you know nintendo did the same thing they decided they want july 15th as well because the Switch OLED models went up for pre-order today at oh, 3 fun. p.m. <laughs> randomly this morning, Nintendo's like, hey, July 15th, it's another premium day. Therefore, we need to do something to try to outstage them. And at 3 p.m. Eastern time today, the, uh, the OLED models went up and promptly sold out. Uh, I don't know how many people got them that actually wanted them. I don't know how many scalpers got them. I don't know bots. Some of the stuff seemed to only sell out in seconds. Uh, I managed to get a copy of a Best Buy. Best Buy was doing like a kind of like a gradual thing, like a like a kind of bot deterrent, which was nice. But uh, yeah, what do you think about that? Nintendo taking our day again. I mean, it's normal that their PR department would listen to premium. No, they're not doing any of that. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, we haven't even talked about the Switch OLED on the Playcast yet, so I think that's a good segue to talk about it. Yeah. Um, they're a bunch of jerks for doing No, not really, because um, most of the, the collectors already have a Switch, and you're going to see a, you know, you're not going to see a huge adoption rate for the upgrade. Um, this is not really an upgrade, except for if you play in portable. Um, or you're collecting all the, the console variants or something like that. Um, I am not a console variant collector. I happen to get the second iteration because the OLED is the third of the Switch. Um, I got the red box iteration just because my wife stole my original Switch and uh, put her Animal Crossing Island on it. So I lost that Switch forever. <laughs> um, but So then she bought me for last year for Father's Day the red box Switch, which is the second iteration, which had a better processor assuming that the OLED does have that same battery life processor as the Mm. Switch 2, um, I call it. Uh, But what do you think about Nintendo rolling out that OLED and all those rumor people that got their hopes up, which they do for everything, were like, oh, we're going to have this, this, and this, and Nintendo's like, we don't have any of that. And they just push out a (laughs) intermediate, you know, we're going to make the screen a little bit better and have a bigger kickstand. Um, No big deal. It's just a new design. What do you think about that, Barry? I mean, I I got it, and whether or not I decide to keep it or not, I'm not sure. I, I figured I'd get the pre-order in and just wait and see. My biggest issue with the Switch OLED is when the first Switch came out, it was strictly here. Look, you have a hybrid, you have a docked, and you have a handheld, and that was great. Mm-hmm. And it catered to both audiences. Well, then they did the Switch Lite, and the Switch Lite 100% catered to the handheld audience the switch revision 2 if you want to think about it also because i had a better battery life also kind of catered to the handheld audience and now you switch oled which again caters to the handheld audience and as somebody who primarily plays docked which is one of the reasons like my wife looked at me and was like really you're going to get that like you play docked 99 percent of the time and it's true i i prefer docked 
Um, I don't know how life is going to change where maybe I'll play it more handheld, but I was really hoping no. for some kind of enhancement to the dock outside of the... Oh, you land. got one thing, Barry. You got an Ethernet cable yeah. port. Which, you got a LAN port. I, you I know, hello, adapter. 10 years ago, Barry. I, I bought the adapter for, for the LAN for my dock anyway, so I already have I, that. I did not. Um, it's, but, I mean, the thing is, though, is that... That is a marginal upgrade, which was pretty funny that they highlighted that because I, I see people roasting them on that because oh, yeah. it's like that's that's an old, you know, backward compatibility thing that should already been on it. Um, it's going to help online play, but I mean, I mean, we're on this we've been on this podcast for a while. We don't competitively game. Um, the only thing you play is your your Final Fantasy fourteen and stuff, which isn't on the Switch. So, <laughs> like, we're not playing a whole lot of competitive like you know, online play for the switch right now. No, maybe and... that's because we don't have our ethernet <laughs> ports, Barry. <laughs> Clearly what I, what I really wanted to see. And I think a lot of people wanted to see is some kind of 4k upscale to dock. That's it. If it did that, I think people would have been happy. If it was a faster processor, a better processor could do more graphics. Um, I think that would have been really helpful. Like a, like a true, like a PS4 pro to the PS4 or an Xbox One X to an Xbox One. I think that would have been great. Um, the fact yeah. that they didn't do that leads me to believe that that we won't really have a Switch Pro. And much like people, I don't know if you remember back in the Wii days, so many people, especially uh, Michael Pachter was the big one, saying there's going to be a Wii HD. Nintendo would be smart to do a Wii HD. And they never did. And eventually the Wii U came out, which was the successor. So uh, the Wii, U, yeah. Wii U first. But now I don't think there's going to be a Switch Pro. I do not think there's going to be that at all. I think this is it. And what we're going to get is we are going to get the the Switch 2. This true successor is going to come next. And it's going to be backwards compatible. And that's it. They're, they're decide- and you know what? I'm happy with that. You know what I'm if- going to do, Barry? I'm going to double down on my prediction from January, which has already come true with the announcement, which I, what did I say in my prediction? You said that yeah. we would get a Switch Pro. I said that we would get in just like an iPhone, an intermittent upgrade, which would be the Switch Pro or whatever they call it, the new Switch or the whatever. They're calling it the Switch OLED. Nintendo has weird names. But that's literally what they're doing. They're giving us our phone iterative upgrade, a tiny little thing. And in a year or two, they're probably going to do it again. Nintendo is is a weird, weird beast. I, I mean, I, we deal with them on a production basis. They're a weird beast. I think in, I think in two years now at this point, I think they're going to use the OLED to stretch the life of the Switch. I think in mm-hmm. two years, so 2023, you're 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 looking at 2023. When did we get our Switch lights? Was it two years ago? 2019. Yeah, so two two years we're going to get an, another Switch. I mean, with the 3DS series of stuff. We got the XL, the Mini, the blah, 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 the blah, blah, blah. I think they did the new 3DS like around in about two years' time in that same iteration about six, seven years into the 3DS. I am spitballing off the top of my head, by the way, so y'all can (laughs) Google that for sure. But I'm saying, though, like it should fall in lines with Nintendo's weird way that they do things, that they're going to give us some kind of another iterative upgrade. But... If you recall, with the new 3DS, it did have exclusive titles. About three, but it had exclusive titles um, that ran only in that model that weren't backward compatible with the the 3DS. So I think that's what they're going to do with the Switch. Like the Switch 2, as you're going to dub it, um, it'll probably do something similar to what they did with the 3DS series of Family. I think I think it's going to be something more than that. I mean, the, the new 3DS yeah. did did have it had four physicals that were exclusive. Uh, it did have four. some digital. That what you know what that which is Ooh. which is kind of in the middle of the DSi, which the DSi had three exclusive physicals in America and five uh, worldwide. So we uh, it's kind of like right there in the between. But I hope the adoption rate on whatever Nintendo does with the Switch is more than four games, even I, though from a completionist collector perspective. perspective. Well, there's not going to be any games that are only playable on the OLED. I think the next thing is going to no, be a true no, Switch No, not 2. the OLED, That's but I'm saying when they upgrade the processor speed, inherently it's going oh. to limit 
the backward compatibility. It's going to be switch. I think it's going to be Switch Two, and I think it's going to be brand new games, and all previous games are going to get enhanced. Kind of like playing a PS4 game on a PS5 right now. It gets enhanced. So you take a game like like uh, WWE, which which ran terribly on the Switch. I'm sure you play it on the Switch Two. It probably will play better because it has more power, unless it's just coded like garbage, which it could be. I don't know. But that, that's that's always what the random thing is that they don't de- like you know develop it correctly with a certain type of scaling. It's not going to matter. Um, but like your Skyrims and your Dooms are going to be like sixty frames per second. Exactly, and that's what I think a lot of people just want to see. And I hope I hope that we do see uh, that soon. I do hope we see a Switch too. Um, for multiple reasons. One, it'd be nice to not have to worry about a full set again. Um, but Honestly, that's the only reason why I just wanted to continue is that I don't <laughs> want to restart. Um, I just wanted to continue in my current game library, which is stupidly big, like ridiculously big. I don't think I've collected this big ever outside of getting every NES game. Like, I don't think I've ever collected this big. And so, like, I don't want to reset that. I might not reset that. I might just make make premium stuff and that's it i would be very shocked if a switch 2 announcement comes and and it comes out and the switch just dies the every system uh outside of nintendo has really been supported i mean the 3ds was supported a little bit after the switch came out the the ds was supported a bit after the 3ds came out uh you know nintendo you know when they're coming out with a new system and you know when there's a drought of games uh, you look at the drought, yeah. you, the Super Nintendo was the last system that they really kept games coming because if you look at the N64 history, the last year of the N64, 2001, there was like five or six releases in 2001. Like it was a drought, and many of them were like lower, lower, like easier things like a Dr. Mario 64, Mega Man 64, which was a port of Mega Man Legends. Here's a um, question though, Barry. With those with with jerks out there like premium edition games that we're going to continue to release games, are we going to truly have a drought? Like we're going to have a first party drought potentially, but and maybe a, a big AAA third party drought because we don't get many AAA anyways. But like the I'm saying that we're not the 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 limited runs the premium editions like we're still going to be going our slow our right. slow way we're still going to release our our four games <laughs> yeah and I, I don't think i don't think nintendo is going to do what sony did where they're just going to be like oh we're going to cut off the digital storefront and not even mm-hmm. tell the developers um i think i do think that switch is going to su- be supported unlike you know the n64 like i mentioned the gamecube had the same thing the wii had the same thing as well and of course the wii u was a drought before the switch so Outside of the NES and the SNES, which Nintendo did support, you know, pretty much into the next uh, system and even beyond with the NES for sure, um, you're you're not going to see that. I think Switch is going to be supported for at least another year after the Switch 2. Kind of like the PS4 and the Xbox One, Sony and Microsoft have both stated they're at least supporting it for two years, like two more years for so now a year and a half at this point uh, for those that can't get the new systems. And I really think Nintendo, because this is they went away from handheld market to combine their handheld market into this. I think that they're just going to go because it's it, there was all of these predictions back in the day of Nintendo with the phone market and things. That's why I doubled down on that like this year with my prediction of like we're not going to see a, a new switch. We're going to see an iterative update. Um, I called it Switch to Switch Pro or whatever, but the OLED um, is what it's called. But I honestly, I think Switch is going to be going. It's going to be a long-standing brand, longer than a console generation. They may not even do console generations anymore, and just keep updating the tech. And eventually, certain things will be left behind, just like in the iPhone generation. Yeah. So to like be like a slow roll to a Switch Two, but it's not going to be like this distinct console generation or something. Because they're going to if if we sit there and buy a white Joy-Con and white dock, and we plop down money for the OLED, like it's printing money. Like Nintendo's going to keep making money, and they make yeah. money even if the scalper bots take it all. By the way, <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. No, I. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to go out and I'm going to disagree with you on that. I do think, I do think, you know, playing the devil's advocate, I do think now when you look at the PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5, and the Xbox One, One X and Series X, there isn't a huge, huge difference. Like there's a difference, but it's, it's not like NES to Super Nintendo N64 kind of deal. However, because the Switch is 
farther back, I do think that Nintendo, of all the companies, has the potential to truly wow us with graphical and, and feature department in a Switch 2 if they choose to do so. And that's the key, if they choose to do so. They could very well just be like, oh, well, now it's just 4K, like the bare minimum 4K, um, just because that's what you wanted, right? Or they can come out and say it's top tier 4K, or they could say, hey, we're going to surprise everybody, and this is going to be the first 8K console. I mean, could you imagine them doing that? They're not going to do that. But <laughs> to devil's advocate, your devil's advocate... Um, from my perspective, even just now looking at my collection as I'm talking, um, I think that Nintendo will only make a drastic decision like that if the indie market becomes something that they cannot sustain on the Switch. Because they are making, I mean, companies like us and Limited Run are ordering print run orders on all these games. We're making them money all the time. And, I mean, most of our games are falling into the smaller card size, even. We haven't even had to upgrade yet because we're going retro stuff. So the retro games are still sustainable, playable on the Switch. No issues. Um, They have to be ported, of course. But, like, Nintendo's not really making money off of AAA stuff. um, And that's not their space. They want to be... They're in a unique game space from Microsoft and Sony. Um, if Microsoft snacks, snatches everything up with their um, their Game Pass and Sony does something different with five PS5, then maybe we'll see them change. But as it stands right now, I don't think that they have a, any motivation to change how they're playing ball unless they're really worried about those AAA titles, which it doesn't seem like it. Because most of my favorite yeah. games here are the retro <clears throat> style. I got Panzer Paladin in a while ago. It's in my want to play. Like other stuff like you know Mummy Demastered or golden force or all these games like anything that comes along those lines are going to be playable on the switch and if they do an iterative update to help us with some fps okay but they they won't be able to get the you know the horizon zero dawns or the the crazy you know spider-man stuff but they're going to be able to play every retro indie stuff that's coming out well every now that you mentioned that that's actually a good segue because yeah. there was something else announced today uh oh. Um, I don't. And I have no clue, people. You have no idea. There, there was pretty much because Nintendo didn't announce the Switch Pro that people wanted. Another company decided to step up and say, "We're going to try our balls at this own Switch Pro." And what they did, it was Valve of all companies which hmm. announced the Steam Deck coming out oh. this December. It is a portable PC that looks just like a Switch with the with the uh, Steam controllers from the Steam machines uh, on each side and it is playable with you know the Epic Game Store as well as the Steam Store is your it full 4K? library. It, it is uh, I'll get the specs in a second but it comes in three prices so I just want to quickly run those down. It's yes. $399 for 64 gig of eMMC internal storage. The mm-hmm. 529 model is 256 gigabytes, and that has solid state internal uh, storage. And mm-hmm. uh, it comes with a carrying case and all that. And then the 649 model is 512 gigabytes, uh, solid state drive internal storage. It comes with an anti-glare etched glass, uh, exclusive carrying case, uh, and stuff like that, a virtual keyboard theme. Um, so this is all announced. It's a five dollars to, pr- I believe, pre-order this on Steam come Friday. Pre-orders go Friday. Does this support five 4K? Uh, it does. It does do output. Um, I'm not sure if it does do output. Does uh, ten? The display is 1280 by 800 okay. px, um, seven inch diagonal. I mean- one would assume if it's a PC and it just doesn't output from a PC interface, it would support 4K natively. It doesn't, um, doesn't connectable. I'm looking. I don't see anything that specific. But that's interesting, though. Um, I am interested because I have a big Steam library, and also that also opens up like you know you think about if you want to hack or modify your Switch so you could you know do some of those streaming apps and games, and so now that opens that up to everything. I mean it, that's cool. It, it absolutely does open things up, and uh, yeah. it's. I would get. Be, I would get that over the OLED switch for sure. Well, you know, I I 
I'm going with the OLED. I'm holding off on this. Um, I know you you haven't seen it, so I'm actually sending you a no. message um, yeah, on Messenger right now. You can look at it so you can see a picture of it. My biggest complaint about it is the controller. Um, I'm not a fan of where the buttons or the D-pad are um, because I had to make room for the touch panel um, things. So I'm not really a fan of that. I think it might be uncomfortable. Um, the sticks are very high, too. Like Everything is very, very high on the controller. Oh, that looks weird. <laughs> so that's where the hands are, are going to be like resting. Like, I feel like my hands would be resting on where those, those are touch pads underneath those the are touch pads under the just the joystick. The, yeah. yeah, my hands would rest there. Well, um, the idea is that they for like mouse controls, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But where those are positioned, though, like that's why you have a back touch pad on the uh, the Vita. And then they, yeah, yeah. there's a touch screen, too, I believe. But yeah, it's this touch is screen, too. I believe so. And you can't remove them like a switch. Uh, no, no, it's this is one unit. So it's just a so so essentially what 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 you're sending me now is an updated Game Gear. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have commented that it looks exactly like a Game Gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like Game Gear to me. That's cool. I mean, here's the thing at the at the price point. What was the higher price point? Because I think you mentioned it was like three hundred something for the low. Yeah, five hundred so, bucks. Five hundred so bucks. They're, they're of course advertising the low model because, like, oh, it starts at three ninety nine because that that's four hundred bucks. But six hundred and forty nine dollars is the highest model. That's the five hundred and twelve solid state uh, drive. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get that thing at a low model. Because if I'm gonna do that at a low model, I might as well just keep playing my Switch. Um, yeah. But I like the idea that I can play Jedi Fallen Order or some other stuff portably. Um, that's pretty awesome, and I mean, I I do play my Switch in handheld versus I think for you, Barry, that's not as you know attractive of a package because you're playing in docked mode, so you're just playing your PC. Like, well, I have a, st- a Steam library, but I never play it because I'm I all the stuff I've gotten is from like hum- humble bundles where it's like pay a dollar yeah. for these fifty games, okay, and then I never play them. Uh, I don't have time to play the physical cards I have, let alone the digital stuff. If they um, figure out a way, because, you know, you said it's PC, and I think you can play Game Pass on some PC stuff. People have been talking about that, the possibility of putting Game Pass on this. If it puts Game Pass on there, I'm down, because I do have Game Pass on my Xbox One. Vanilla model, by the way. <laughs> the uh, my, my big thing is, and one one thing that would be more selling point is if I can get 14 Final Fantasy 14 on there and be able to like sit in bed and and do some yeah. dungeons and stuff like that. That could be more appealing. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to talk, uh, you know, nearly as well because that is a communication game and use keyboard. But it could be something where I'm just want to craft for a little bit or I just want to gather. Um, I could do that in bed. Um, you know, that ironically, is, you always think about like, oh yeah, we play the Switch in bed or you can do those the portable in bed. I only do the retro gaming in bed so i'm gonna play like mario's p cross on the odroid go super that i have i'm gonna play that in bed while i'm waiting to go to bed like the switch when i'm playing a portable it's like sitting on the couch while tv's going on or something like that's typically when i'm playing switch in portable mode um or sitting on a couch or like somewhere else like during the weekend but i'm gonna play a docked otherwise uh, meanwhile, last night uh, before bed, I was literally in bed on the Switch portable playing Monster Hunter Stories 2. <laughs> it was... Oh, there you go. RPGs might actually make a lot of sense. I haven't gotten into an RPG in a while. I need to get Stories 2 for sure. That's I haven't bought it yet. Well, the demo. Try the demo. I tell people try that because it's one of those demos where... I don't have time you, for that. If you enjoy it, the save data carries over. I don't have time for that. Demo's too big. I just buy the game. <laughs> I'm gonna buy the game anyways. It's already it's an, it's a solid RPG, so I'm definitely yeah. just have that on my list. Then, then you can absolutely uh, go about and do that. So, then so before we get into the game of the episode, I got in a crap ton of games, and yes. I never get in games, so it's ridiculous. Um, I actually got in a bunch of newer and older stuff. Um, I'll start with the old crap though. So I mentioned in Discord, Chicken Range was the game of the year. Yeah. I, I got in, <laughs> but I got in a bunch of weird stuff because I was like finding stuff that was um, lower in price. I did get Soul Dam, the drop connector race from year one. Ah, um, good old dispatch got, games. Yeah, like craziness. Um, Cartoon Network Battle Crashers. Nice. <laughs> I haven't gotten that in that one. I got an SNK Heroes Tag Team Frenzy. Um, I got in Fire Emblem Warriors. Oh, wait, did you say SNK Heroes? Heroines, yeah. Heroines. <laughs> yeah, the, the girl one. All females. Um, I got in Fire Emblem Warriors, which I hadn't gotten it. I hadn't bought in that game yet. 
Um, finally got the Darksiders Warmasters Edition. I never pulled the trigger oh, on it. Wow. Um, I got the red spine because I did not want the black spine. I wanted it to match my collection. Um, I know the black spine's rare. Whatever. Don't care. Um, SteamWorld Dig 2. Hadn't gotten that yet. Um, Nexomon Extinction. No, know what that game is, but it looks cool. It's like cool. a Pokemon game. Oh, okay. My daughter might like it. Um, and then Barry will be very happy that I got in Ease 9. Which is yes. <laughs> Still haven't played Ease 8 anymore, but I need to. But um, had me Ease. sidetracked with a robot named Fight recently and then Hyper Light Drifter. Um, I got in the three pack of Super Rare. So I got the inmost Last Day of June and Lion Song in. Nice. I got in that three pack. I wanted inmost, and that's the only way I could get that. And then I got my... My um, soapbox of the day of Special Reserves 2020 release of Heave Ho. They put their years on their games when they release it, when they release, even when they release it late. But the the items aren't in the box. Like, oh. And they, you know, when you buy a collector's pack and it states something, like it'll be in the box. And then you get all these little tchotchkes with yeah, Heave Ho and they're not right. in the box. Like it's the in the, the dog box. You open it up and it's just sitting on top. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, like that to me, that's my soapbox because, like, with premium, we want to try to get everything in the box if possible. If possible. Um, the only time we won't is that there is a awesome bonus item that we have for Robot Name Fight that we're, we haven't announced yet, and if it doesn't fit in the box, we're still going to give it to everybody. <laughs> like, it isn't something we anticipated putting with the release, but if we can put it with the release, we will. Um, but if we can fit it in the box, we're going to try. Um, we've actually been talking about modifying the way we do the Neo Geo case into some kind of high quality, um, tuck flat box or folding box that we, then we can inlay with gold or silver or something. Fortunately, getting the item, um, it does seem like it might fit. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be, that's uh, you know, it's always, always that challenge. We want to throw as much cool stuff as we, you know, can possibly do, but we definitely want to, uh, try and keep it all fitting in one box if possible. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm there with you. Like, uh, I, that's where I started getting rid of a lot of these tchotchkes. And especially as I started getting collector's editions, just because of space, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm left with a lot of extra stuff and like the soundtracks and the art books, like I got spots for them. Like, that's cool. But mm-hmm. then, uh, I just got a game in from perp, um, for the PSVR called mask maker. And it came with this cool little pin that I can't put in the PS4 case. So now it's like, what do I do with this pin from this random game? Do I put it on your put, shirt, Barry? Well, I could do that, but I have so many pins. I don't want to put them all on my shirt. So like, I'll like <laughs> leave it on top of the case for a while until it eventually, you know, wants to go into a bin of just random stuff. And I hate that. Like I, I'd love it where it's all able to fit into one, package and that's something i used to do even as a kid (laughs) ironically um i open my games because i want all the cases out so heave ho won't be an issue because i'm going to literally take the game out put it with my collection in in the collection side that i haven't played yet and then when i play it but then i'm going to put those tchotchkes in the box but it does require you to open it if you wanted to keep it sealed it would be like man really i'd like you though space i don't display my collector stuff i actually have my um my special reserve stuff though on its own little cubicle shelf so um, but i still want all the cases out like i i literally only go and get the extra stuff if i if it's a really cool game or item so like even with ours like if i was collecting it from an outsider's perspective i would get our stuff because we're creating stuff that we would want in our collection um but i still would display it separately from my collection, which I did with our games too. Like I yeah. have a premium section, just like I have a limited run right. section. Just like, like I'm, I collect the same way, but like I literally make stuff that, that we want. Like there's going to be, I'm going to have to, since we get so many items with premium though, I'm going to have a really cool, unique display for us. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I have my premium stuff in a little section just to display. Cause you take pride in what we work on and uh, exactly. what we help create. Um, and Briefly, then you and I both got to get it behind us for when we do the recordings for podcasts. Yes. That's the one thing I'm going to have to relocate mine. So it's behind me. So it's <laughs> nice and nice and easy to grab too. And just right here, let's show off this cool stuff. Uh, Cause everyone likes to see cool stuff. Um, speaking of cool stuff, there is one other thing that came out today, or at least went up for pre-order today um, mm-hmm. from Nintendo. Oh, oh, the collaboration Nintendo. I don't know if you heard about this or if this mm-hmm. is something that would have been interesting to you if it was still available. Uh, have you ever heard of the watch company Tag Heuer? 
Uh, they are very expensive, high uh, dollar watch company. They mm-hmm. uh, like you know bigger than Rolex. They made a deal apparently with Nintendo to come up with this collaboration for a smartwatch of a tag hewer Super Mario watch that actually like at uh, the three o'clock hour Mario would get a mushroom and at six o'clock he would go you know come out of warp pipe and at Was nine it o'clock Mario or Mario Mario. Um, at, at, uh, at nine o'clock, you know, he got superstar. And if like, like if you have a step goal, cause it's a pedometer as well, like you, you know, you reach the flag, like all these cool little things, uh, for this Mario watch. And, uh, it went on sale today. You know, I, you signed up to get notified. It went on sale at 10 o'clock this morning and was sold out within five to 10 minutes. Um, this watch, take a guess of what you think this watch costs. Uh, it's probably like. It's see, sold out, so there's no money for it. Um, Taking guess, not look it up. Well, I was looking it up just to see what it looks like while you're oh. talking about it. Um, there's no price though. Um, five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks. I five hundred bucks. I'm I'm sending you the link to the web page. Oh wait, um, all their all their other watches are two thousand five hundred dollars. I, I, I just sent you a link to the web page, um, so you can click that link and you could tell us the price as you see it. I'll, I won't spoil it. You can. Because the other watches are like two thousand five hundred dollars. So, so you see the link? One hundred and fifty dollars. There you go. Sold out. Two there. There was made two thousand of these, and they sold out at two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars each. And I'm I'm just saying the watch is very basic. Just besides for the the actual display piece on the middle, um, the watch is pretty basic. It looks the cool. Middle, the middle's animated, like it's a it's a mm-hmm. touch screen. That's what I'm watch. saying. Like it's it's cool. But I mean, I have an Apple Watch, and I can put Mario on it. I, mean, <laughs> I actually, when I open up my face, it t- changes for pictures. So when I open it up, it'll be like Robot Name Fight or Demon's Tear cool. Plus, and it's our art. Or Alan Hawthorne getting zapped by a fighting Rob from the Black Box Challenge. I was kind of curious what your thoughts that's on so this. Expensive. This is a, so expensive, and it's it, what a weird collaboration for Nintendo to do. And it's not Mar- Mario's 35th anniversary anymore. You know, like that was last year. Well, Mario is Nintendo's de facto mascot. Like, yeah, the, any franchise is just Mario. Um, that's why Nintendo Land is Mario. Um, so I mean, it makes sense. We're going to continually see stuff. It's super expensive. Not my bag, baby. Um, I have a game and watch Mario. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people posted about that. Like, oh, I've got but the game and watch version. That's fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really think that Nintendo's going to course correct with Zelda, and it's not going to be as readily available as as Mario was because they hate stuff on shelves. So um, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see a lot of Zelda ones. Yeah, well, it could very well be. So I guess we'll we'll see yeah, on that. Because I but, uh, pre-order it. So. Oh, I mean, oh, I work during the day, so most of the pre-orders like that stuff. Like, there's no way I would have got a Switch OLED today. Yeah, um, Amazon. I don't. I don't know if Amazon put it up yet. You might be able to get it on Amazon. Eh. Like stuff like it's, Switch OLED and all that. Like, I'll be okay though. I'll get it eventually if I really want it. Like, if it's that cool, I'll I'll have to pay extra. I mean, we have a huge community too. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, games and just talking about the Switch, uh, should we talk about the game of the episode? Yeah, good segue, Barry. Yeah, you <laughs> like that. All right, so the game of the episode was Aqua Kitty UDAX. Uh, it released February 15th, 2018 for the Switch. Uh, the digital, uh, the developer is TikiPod, and the, phys- the uh, digital publisher is TikiPod as well. So there is no physical for the Switch. It did get a physical for the Vita and the PS4 from Limited Run. But so far, none of them in a run. So this could be a possibility. This is a would you like us to maybe make this physical? Let us know your thoughts. Um, Jeff, what did you uh, think of Aqua Kitty UDX? So hilariously, um, JP... Like, did not take the time to play this, as always. But it's pretty funny, because, like, I was like, dude, I put in the 10 minutes to play through. This is, like, a Defender-style game, right? It's, like, almost like a Defender clone. Um, but, yeah, we had to give JP crap for that one. Um, this book is actually, or this is actually covered in the Switch Collector Volume 1 book. Nice, yeah, 2018. if you knew that. So, Alan Jenks wrote it, um, and is a... It's all about the shoot 'em up genre, and the milk must flow was the uh, <laughs> like because I did the whole layout for it, and I'm like looking at it. Um, 
I ended up just playing through uh, one single playthrough because I was at a convention this weekend that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but essentially, you're just going through with the cat-themed little shooter. Um, as you're playing it, you really don't notice most of the cat-themed stuff. You just see the fishy guys come at you, and there's a little cat profile in the corner. But um, what I like is that uh, you go, you, get, you press a button to go left, go right, and you get little power-ups, and you can kind of easily dodge all the bullets while still trying to get after the little, I call them little Metroids, but the yeah. little um, amoeba things that are going after your kitties that are walking around your base. If they, attack, they get your, take your kitties, you lose points. Um, if you get hit too many times, you die and lose lives. And you can gain hearts, you can gain all the extra stuff. Um, I liked just the going back and forth piece uh, to attack everything, and you know, as you continue to go to more levels, they had different types of enemies. Some that explode, some that do other types of shots, some that take more hits. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I beat some of my friends' list on my score, <laughs> like Eight Bit Eric's on my friends' list. I had to beat Eight Bit Eric's playthrough, um, but I did it pretty far. I think I got eight, nine, ten levels in, something like that. Um, and yeah, it was a super fun game. Very short. It's a defender style game. When we say defender, we mean the arcade game defender. Mm-hmm. We take a ship and you go left to right and it loops over, overlaps over, and you literally just got to protect your base um, and, you know, clear out all the enemies for a wave, wave by wave, and then go to the next level. There are extra stuff, though. There's extra pieces, um, like different types of, like, boss fights and things but i actually didn't get to a boss fight so yeah i'm with you there i didn't get to a boss fight i got about three-fourths of the way through like all the different islands uh going through because i I played it in between monster Hunter stories too i was like i'll play like two or three levels and then i put it down like it, it very much brought me back to my childhood with defender um but those those old older arcade style like they never really grabbed me to I mean, they grabbed me, I guess, more as a child because it was the only thing at the time. But now it's more like I'll sit down, play a round or two, and then I'm I'm done. I moved on. Um, it, it, in short bursts, it's a lot of fun, um, but it's nothing that I haven't played already before. Mm-hmm. And and I think going into it, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh, is this going to be like uh, you know, like an R type type, you know, two D shmup? And when I realized it was Defender, I was like. Oh, this this is Defender. Like this is cool, but that's not what I was expecting. That just Defender. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and I I didn't write this review. I did edit and um, laid it out like last year when we pushed out the book or two years ago. But um, like I hadn't played it because Alan's the one who played this one. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the map is a godsend because it's a looping thing. When you go to the very right, you appear in the very left kind of deal. Yep. But you see the what what Jeff calls the Metroids. You see them on the map <laughs> as red, and they get the kitties that are getting the milk, and they start bringing them to the surface, and you have to destroy the Metroid before the kitty gets captured. And that's really your main focus. And you only have you know one, two, three kitties. Uh, at least that's all I've encountered to defend. And it's as long as you focus on them and you make them the priority, um, it's relatively not hard. It's it, it kind of almost feels like busy work in some ways. It's just like, <laughs> and I hate to say that because it's it's based off yeah. of a very classic game, but the classic games, a lot of them are very simple, and this is very simple. And that's not to say it's bad because I don't want to, to give that as the impression because it's not bad. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. It, if you're looking for a, a really in-depth experience, um, at least may, maybe going through a different mode, um, I didn't find that. But there are multiple modes, uh, and I like how it tells you, like, this is the highest you've been on this mode. So, And you don't have to go through all the levels. You can pick and choose how you want to tackle each you know, island as you, you make your way across. And I don't know what happens when you get to the end if you go to a new series of islands or if that's the whole game. I don't know, and it probably goes to a new mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. I didn't get that far. Um, yeah, but. I mean, and the thing is, you know, the the model of this series is should we sign up for a physical? Um, yes. So we'll let the listeners also chime in either in Discord or recording their voice in Anchor. Be aware that this is part of a series. So, you know, there is a second game in this series that could be a potential like double pack. Um, 
right now though this is a, a pretty simple piece to be pushing out like giving an, our treatment because again we go slow so we got to be very picky and choosy with what we put out exactly and uh do you want to talk about what we're doing next week oh my god we're doing something so, different next week so um next week's going to be very interesting because it's going to be part of the we'll call it the barry and jeff giveaway because jp needs to be on but we'll see we're gonna we're gonna really try hard to give there have jp actually show up or at least record ah, something yeah <laughs> so um we're gonna be doing something different we're gonna be playing the game red out which is a racing game but we also were provided by evo retro the racing wheel um to test out so we're going to also test out games that we've covered that are racing games previously so we're going to cover games like mario kart 8 and um was it horizon chase turbo um we're going to play those too but we're going to the review is going to be on red out because i've been wanting to play it it's on the backlog it's a racing game should be fun um and i need to figure out how to hook up this damn steering wheel to my switch because i it takes two usb ports i think I think it's just, no, it's one USB port for the wheel, and the other one is the pedals, which plugs into the back oh, of the steering wheel. good. Okay, because I was like, man, because I got a, you know, my Switch kiosk, and I got to, like, kind of engineer no. that shit to plug No, in. just one USB. Okay, good. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to be reviewing the Evo Retro steering wheel. However, we're also going to be, to the listeners... We're also going to be uh, giving away two steering wheels. We're going to give away one prior, um, which we'll do like a um, interaction with favorite racing games. There'll be a poll in our Discord. And then we'll do one after, which we'll come up with a, a cool way to give it away afterward as well. So those of you that play along with us and things with the racing games can have an opportunity as well. That way it gives you time. Yeah, Absolutely. We're, we're able to give away two free Evo Retro steering wheels. They're, they're like 80 bucks or something? 80 bucks, yeah. Yeah, they're like $80. So it's pretty cool. Um, we're going to test it out. And we are not going to, um, just because we you know, were provided the steering wheels to try out, which JP was too, so he needs to be on the episode. Yes. Um, but just because we were provided them, we're still going to be 100% honest with our feedback if it you know, sticks here or there. I mean, I already can tell that I'm going to have to be very creative with how I use the steering wheel because of my setup um, when it comes to like, because, you know, it sits on a table essentially and I'm on a, ca- on a chair, <laughs> like recliner. It's got like suction cups and suctions to it. Yeah, so I mean, I suck shit to my legs or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> myself a little wooden tray, which my daughter has a wooden that's, tray. So I'm that's try. actually what I did. I, I I got a wooden like a, a stop like preemptively playing stuff, Barry. I didn't I didn't try it yet. I just jerk. wanted to test out the setup for myself. You jerk, Barry. Now, um, yeah, I haven't. I I literally opened her up, undid everything, and I have it sitting on the the floor waiting because um, yeah, I got back from everything, so. Um, so that's what we'll be playing is red out, but also testing the Evo Retro Switch steering wheel. It's for multiple consoles, but we're going to be using it for a Nintendo Switch. See how it works, and maybe it will blow our minds, and we'll be like, all right, this is how we got to do racing games. This is it. This is the the truth. This is what we're going to do. Um, maybe it won't. Who knows? I have not had a, a, a good experience with steering wheels in the past, so I hope it's great. Uh, my only time I had any type of good experience was back in the GameCube. There was the Interact Force Feedback wheel that they advertised with the F-Zero GX. So I got that. And it was really cool because it was like jerking all over the place. But it, it did make it harder to control. And I just eventually just played it with the <laughs> with the GameCube <laughs> controller. But it was, it was novelty. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean... And, you know, we're, we're used to also the motion controls of the Wii playing Mario Kart Wii and all that stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this works and compares to all those experiences. So I'm looking forward to it because I like to do fun stuff. It's going to be a fun time. Um, and then yeah. we'll have a poll in Discord and probably post it on social media because JP can't help himself um, about, like, you know, to earn your free uh, Evo Retro. Um, earn a chance. Deal. Yeah, and we will announce the winner that, you know, we will announce the winner, the first winner on next, the next episode for the wheel. And then we'll have, an, and then we'll do the criteria for the next one after that. So that way we don't just, just go give away two, we'll give away one, and then we'll give away another. Um, maybe you won't want to be in it after the second one. Maybe you will. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Love being that guy. So, um, so the final thing we could talk about is, is I was at Southeast Game Exchange, which was the debut of premium edition games at a gaming convention. Yes, it was. It was wild. It was crazy. Um, 8-Bit Steve, uh, who wrote the deluxe guide for Pigeon Dev Games Collection, um, he was there. He also wrote the Friday 13th um, book, uh, the strategy guide. He was there with me. Um, he's going to go to a lot of these conventions because he you know, likes to do the convention thing. I also did a premium edition games panel solo because 8-Bit Eric from YouTube is supposed to be on there, but he... Um, Drink too much and overslept, so <laughs> so he didn't make it. But I um we had a small group because my panel was at the beginning of the convention, which means most of the convention goers were still shopping at the beginning. Um, so I think we had about half a dozen to eight, six to eight people that were in there. But we I literally sat around and we kind of pulled back the curtain like we do here. Um, and I talked about all of our stuff. I had the deluxe with me, the advanced copy of the deluxe with me, showed off everything, explained it all. I recorded it, so it will go up on the podcast stream. Um, and I was also at the table um, talking about and selling um, in-hand copies of Super Blood Hockey and Pigeon F Games Collection. I had both the premiums and the retros, including the upgrade for Blood Hockey. And it was super positive. Everybody thought it was amazing. Um, lots of comments on craziness of Super Blood Hockey. Lots of people that have bought our games, Barry. And lots of questions on Series 2. Um, and, lo- and and if I would spoil Series 3. and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. I got that the other day. Yesterday, I think, in Discord. Someone yeah. asked, hey, could you tell us what the other titles of Series 3 are? And I'm like, uh, no, I can't. <laughs> and there were all types um, of people there that have supported. And I like what I like is that it's like all ages, you know, and males and females and eight, and different types of, you know, communities and everything all supported premium. Like it's it's like a melting pot of gaming, which is what I really love. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, again, though, we're just sitting there talking about it. Some weren't even sh- tracking the challenge patches. Um, there's a few that came and had supported Hagen's Alley books since the beginning, like for like 10 years. And they brought them all. They wanted me to sign them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, he's like, hey, do you mind? They're in the car. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. He brings them. And the, it was all the way from the first complete NES all the way. And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> Like, well, that's a dedicated fan right there. Blows me away when people support because I just like to make cool stuff. And I always said that if you know ten people enjoy what I'm doing, I'll do it forever. Um, and I mentioned at the convention that, however, there's a minimum for the switch, so we have to sell the minimum amount. Otherwise, we can't keep doing physical for the switch because you know, five thousand copies can't can't stay dormant for the switch for when we're no. selling the. Games. Otherwise, we would abs- If there's no minimum, yeah, we'd be doing switch for life. We'd get every single game out there. Could you imagine they lowered the minimum to a thousand? Yeah, it would be awesome. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do the same price per. Like we might have to charge fifty bucks or something because it would cost more to produce. Because yeah. you know you, you get bulk discounts the more you print. But we would absolutely do it. It'd be great. Um, the one thing people liked was our prices uh, because you know we're at a um, affordable price point for what you get in the with the items, including all of our additions. Uh, we're well below everyone else, um, and it's very interesting. And um, they they love that. They love the quality of the the retro infused ideas and the challenge patches, of course. And I had my vest on, um, <laughs> but like the just expanding the knowledge when I told talked about the processes and how I create everything. They all they all dug it, and it was awesome. It was a fun time. That is great. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the first one that I get to do. Um, but yeah, if remember, if you at a con and you happen to see us, you know, do that premium selfie. You know, let's let's get that trending. Yeah, nobody did that. I'm not. Oh my I'm God. not going to promote that. I'm not going to promote that. Um, no, that's a, that's no but um, so the next one I'll be at is not this weekend, but next weekend. So the end of July, I will be at Classic Game Fest in Austin, Texas. So I'm flying into Austin next thursday i think flying into austin texas i'm gonna be hanging out with my pixel uh artist buddy ryan barrett who does pixel art paintings i'll be hanging out with him um and i'll be on my own 
cable and everything. And repping premium, I do need to ship more games because we ran out of Super Blood Hockey. Um, almost ran out of Pigeon Dev. It was craziness. So make sure you get there early, too, because I, and I will continue this with premium, with Hagen's Alley, I always bring a couple of older things. So I had a couple copies of Switch Collector Volume 1 with me. They sold, sold out immediately. I brought three copies, and two copies were sold out before it opened. And then the last one was immediate. They're like, oh, my God, Switch Collector. Did the wood one, wood one went away right away? Um, No, I did not sell the wood ones. Um, I I actually had one slipcase one and two non. Yeah, I didn't put the wood ones with that. I just had those as display pieces. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. Yeah. Now, that being said, I did bring a... You remember that with uh, Volume 1, we did the arcades. Yes. The little arcades. I brought one, and somebody definitely snagged that immediately too um i brought one of those and then i also brought some other um treats so yeah i i will always do that um i'm gonna do something similar for classic game fest so if you're in austin texas i know there's a few um listeners of the playcast that'll be there because i remember one i think her name was lizette she yes. brought a copy of Tiny Troopers for me, and I wouldn't let her give me anything. I had to trade for something. So, <laughs> so I, she brought me Tiny Troopers, which was super cool of her. Um, That's awesome. So I could play it because I wasn't going to buy it. <laughs> and I remember the big stink about that when that came out. I don't out. think we ever played it for an episode yet either. Uh, maybe I'll do that as a panel um, at austin because i'm not doing a panel in, in a classic game fest from what I, at least up till now i'm not yet so usually the the owner of that one goes and um gives me one last minute nice. go, go a couple years back on video game bs video game bullshit and i did a live panel at classic game fest with ben moore from limited run games <laughs> fast forward you know four years and we got our own company crazy <laughs> crazy how that works isn't it crazy Crazy times. Um, but yeah, so conventions are great. Uh, um, let's see. What else do we have going on? The deluxe items are still in a port somewhere. Um, and so I know people have been hitting us up online, but they are on a port. You don't get tracking with uh, freight shipping. So like literally, you know, there was that whole port thing with the, with the news. Like we're still seeing residual like from that. I think they don't have enough workers or something at the docks. Something like that is what I've been seeing from the news. But like real world stuff affects us. So it's yep. weird. Um, but like if we could ship them out to everybody, we would have. We ordered it like back in May. <laughs> so it's been the eight weeks. We always say six to eight weeks for shipping and production and everything. It's We're getting into eight weeks. And I know yep. JP's probably pacing back and forth in his car as he's driving and tweeting at the same time. Um, but, <laughs> probably. But in reality, like, I mean, we will... Get them out as soon as possible. As soon as they arrive, they have to be disassembled, reassembled, which means that everything's coming sealed. Um, so that means the slipcase, the book, and the Neo Geo case are all coming sealed. And then they're going to have to open that and insert the retro and the extra deluxe items inside of the Neo Geo case and reassemble. So that's going to take a week or so, um, depending on their manpower, too, because there's a manning shortage everywhere, including at our... You know, packaging facility everywhere. So, you know, we'll be very, you know, we'll be on them. We'll make sure because they're hitting us up like, hey, where is the <laughs> where's the books at? And we're like, we don't know. Um, <laughs> so hopefully they're there soon. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they show up at a reasonable time. And then um, I know we've had people commenting on shipping on on our website and everything. So the shipping's calculated and we charge what we're charged. So. As people have noticed, we don't ship cheap. Like, we don't ship crappily. We're not doing DHL untracked. We're not doing bubble mailers. We're shipping in boxes in, um, and with bubble wrap inside. Not like a bubble mailer. Um, so, that being said, though, um, we can only charge what we're charged. And we're always looking to decrease our overhead so we can, you know, make it more affordably. I think we're like a couple dollars more than others. But... Like we're getting charged like labor and other stuff too, so we're we're always looking into. I think we t we had a meeting with another um, mailing company, like a, a shipping company. We had a we had a we had a 
a, a group call with a shipping company because we're trying to help. We're trying to work on it for everyone. But that being said, as it currently stands, we can only charge what we can charge, but we can work on it. So I know uh, that was one thing we saw some um, there were some messages on social media or something. So we see him. Um, JP responds usually, and then he'll mm-hmm. badger us with questions. And I'm like, dude, I, yeah, we don't know. We we all we can do is charge overcharged and look yeah. elsewhere. That's <laughs> um, it. My thing is though, and I think you agree with me, Barry. Um, there's a motto: you get what you pay for. So yep. my worry is that if I go to, for example, where I currently ship from Hagen's Alley. Um, I use a different warehouse half the time. And it says in there, use bubble wrap. It says in the packing slip, use bubble wrap and it'll show up in a box oversized box with no bubble wrap. And I'm like, it literally says it. I'm like, Hey, can you take a picture of your packing slip? It says bubble wrap on there. And they didn't do it. So they do not do that at our current packaging facility. They're awesome. They're top notch. Um, I know that the shipping is similar to other companies that have expensive shipping because they use them as well. I think NS America uses our company. Uh, Lay's Tejabs uses our company. So they're they're a bigger, more professional company, more better quality. <laughs> you know, throwing puns in there, um, <laughs> but but they are. And so I mean, we could look into subsidizing it on our side, but then we would have to. And I was doing the math. I think we'd have to charge instead of forty bucks for the games, we'd have to charge fifty dollars for the games in order to add those extra costs. So if we had like three dollars extra to the game cost, that's like more than it costs to, to produce all the little items in there and stuff. So then we're starting to be like, all right, do we increase the price of our games to forty five bucks or fifty bucks? I don't think so. I yeah. mean, like the shipping, it's only been a, a few people. I, I always say it's the um what is it, the vocal minority. Those that are good. And, and the thing is, though, is that would I want to save money on shipping? Yeah. Of course. I, I would love to save money on shipping. I would love to not have to pay so much for shipping. Um, but that being said, right now, our hands are tied. Uh, and it's very convenient for us, too. Um, because it's the same people that are packaging up our stuff or shipping our stuff. And so it's a lot less overhead for us. But it also still costs that amount. So I would imagine if we had to ship to them, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, we, we're doing our best to uh, keep always things low right. and always always looking for better solutions for our customers. And I just want to take I, a I will tell you, even as affordably as we have everything, like Barry and I and, and JP are like looking at, all right, what about this item? If we did it through somewhere else, we could save on production. I mean, if we can lower the prices, we're going to. We were over budget, everyone. Those damn steelbooks. Yeah. We were way over budget on the damn steelbooks. Like we should have charged more. Um, but I want to keep it at like a twenty dollar extra. So I'm willing to just make it make a cool item cool. Um, we're not changing the price on that. Um, but we got to work on it so that way we can make sure that we can last. <laughs> so what was your thing? I was gonna say uh, I just wanted to take a quick moment uh, since we're at the end of of series two's pre-orders and just mm-hmm. thank. First of all, thank everybody who has supported us from not only from the beginning, but as even if they just came in on series two, uh, because we absolutely appreciate all the support. Uh, thank you for your patience as well, because we are still learning and series one took longer than we thought. And we're obviously we're still a little waiting on the deluxe of Pigeon Dev. Uh, we do appreciate your patience as we, you know, we go through this because a lot of this is out of our hands and we're just doing the best we can. And uh, we really do appreciate it. And I, I think I could speak from Jeff and, and JP on that as well. And then the rest of the team, um, you guys are the best. I mean, we're here because, you know, of you. So I just, you know, just want to say thank you as we close out series two. Yeah, everybody, thank you for your support. Um, thank you for trusting in us to make cool stuff. Um, those that know me, you know, I'm going to deliver cool stuff. Um, but those that have grown with Hagen's Alley know that I continually will raise the bar. Even on our current quality, our current awesomeness, we're I'm we're gonna raise the bar. It's gonna happen. Like I'm gonna make it even better. Because that's just <laughs> what we do. Um what the one thing is though, we wanna try to keep everything as consistent from a collector's standpoint and a sizing standpoint as we can. So like we're not gonna like go, Oh, we found a really cool way to do a box and it's gonna be huge. Like, no. Like we're gonna keep them the same because I like the the style that we're doing. But um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make like robot name fighting demons tier plus are gonna blow people's faces off. And that's the goal. Absolutely. And that way when when we announce series three, 
it's going to be like, okay, yeah, no, this is a no-brainer. We need to go crazy with this. <laughs> yep. I can't wait till we can announce Series 3. <laughs> well, so, we need to finish Series 2. Yes. <laughs> and it, hey. if, if Series 2 pre-orders haven't closed by the time you're listening to this and you still haven't pre-ordered, please go do this. So. <laughs> and they're closing very, very soon, if not already by the time you're listening. I mean, at the time of this recording, we got about five hours, man. Yep. <laughs> All right, where can people find us? Um, so you could find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You could also find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. You could also find me on the Premium Edition Games Discord, as well as our support email, Jeff. So you can find me on Facebook and the Twitter at Hagen's Alley. I'm at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. Um, and then Mortal Kombat book is finishing up its um, its Kickstarter. Should be a week or so. It'll be finished up. They're about to put up the newest stretch goals to raise some more hype because they got some cool stuff and they were waiting some images or something, but they got some cool stuff in store. So that one's awesome. Um, and then Switch Volume 2 is in editing right now. And I will be ordering both Volume 2 and Volume 1 for everybody that's been waiting on Volume 1. I will be ordering both together so that way we should have stock for that come available when Volume 2 becomes available in hand. So, nice. thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we will see you next time. Have a good one.